Welcome to the ADHD Open Space Podcast. My name is Gray Miller, and I will be your host and facilitator as we explore ideas, workarounds, accommodations, and other aspects of being a professional adult with ADHD. Most of this will come from my perspective as a cis white male in his mid-50s, living in the Midwest, who found out a year ago that I've been living with ADHD my entire life. I am not an expert on ADHD, except maybe in not knowing I've had it for half a century and somehow still getting by. But I promise to cite my sources, or at least admit when I'm repeating something I read on the interwebs. If I say anything you don't agree with, you are welcome to call me on it and let me know. This podcast is also part of the lead-up into the first ADHD open space happening in Madison, Wisconsin, on January 20th, 2024. You can learn more about that event both here in the show and at the website ADHDopen.space. The first 30 episodes of this podcast are also being released as part of National Podcast Post Month, not Pod Pomo. That means things might get a little rough, but it's going to be fun. Kind of like ADHD, right? Enjoy the show. How to survive an ADHD no good, terrible, awful, bad brain day when you still have to be productive. It's still going to suck, but with a little preparation, it can suck less. First published on Medium, July 1st, 2023, in the online periodical Humans with ADHD. The good news? We'd finally gotten a really good mattress, and there was a much better chance that my partner and I could improve our sleep. The bad news? That first night on the new mattress... My brain did not want me to go to sleep. I lay there for hours into the night trying to calm my racing thoughts, adjust my body into some comfortable position. I even grabbed my old pillow. Nothing worked well. I finally drifted off a bit after midnight, according to my sleep monitor, which also showed that I only got five hours of sleep. That did not bode well for the rest of the day which was full of administrivia in the morning and meetings in the afternoon. I knew from experience that taking my Adderall was not going to help. In fact, it would likely make my day even worse because it would be more difficult to relax in the liminal spaces between tasks and meetings. I'd mentioned this to my doctor a while back, telling him that taking Adderall on days when I'd had little sleep had actually been counterproductive. He had some great advice thanks to some of the best medical training available on the planet. He said, Don't take it, then. Thanks, Doc. But I still had to deal with a full day of work, and one thing about knowing that I have ADHD is that it makes my issues with executive functioning that much more ominous, noticeable, and almost inevitable. Don't get distracted. Focus. And don't forget that thing. What thing? Was it that thing over there? No, it was... Damn, maybe I wrote it down. No, no, not in this notebook. In Obsidian? Let me check the daily log. Oh, but there's that other thing you need to do. Better get on that. It'll only take a second. Just open up a browser window. Oh, there's some comments on my recent post. I should reply quickly so people know that I'm engaged. Wait, wasn't I going to be focusing on something? Yeah, I didn't want to have that kind of day. So instead, I went to my bullet journal log and wrote out some rules for the day. See, the big thing is expectations. 
My boss was on vacation, but if she hadn't been, I would have sent her an email letting her know that I was going to be operating at low capacity. Now, I'm really fortunate. I work at a place where the leadership and staff are well-versed in neurodivergence, so she understands what that means. So do my coworkers, and if I had to reschedule the meetings or postpone the deliverables they were expecting, they would have understood. I've done the same for them. We're all very lucky to be where we are. This was not likely to be a day when I would make huge progress on projects or impressed donors, wrote brilliant articles. The lack of sleep was not something that could be compensated for, no matter what Red Bull tells you. What's harder is managing my own expectations. Raised with a Judeo-Christian work ethic, steeped in Marine Corps gung-ho sauce, and then marinated for a few decades in entrepreneurial hustle culture, I struggle constantly against the personal expectation that if I'm not operating at 100% efficiency all the time, I am stealing from my job, my family, and my future. Sometimes all three. Sometimes I know it's false. What I'm really doing is stealing from my now by wasting attention on comparisons to the non-existent past or the unrealistic future. Pre-ADHD diagnosis, I would just try to power through, or I'd give up and sit on the couch binging TV and junk food. Now that I understand better what's going on with my brain, though, I can find a middle way, a compassionate, realistic idea around what would be best for both me and my work for the day. Not only that, but with a little pre-visualization, I could leverage that ADHD in some useful directions. My framework for a bad brain day. On a day like this, there's an overarching premise. Everything will be downshifted, except where hyperfocus is useful. Most people, myself included, have a sort of minimal, minimum viable task list, both at work and at home. Some report absolutely has to be filed. Some meeting can't be rescheduled. Kids have to be fed, even though you just fed them yesterday. You know, the essentials, the non-negotiables. On a bad brain day, I'm going to figure out early what the non-negotiables are and do one of two things with each. I'm going to do them as fast and immediately as possible, knowing that as the day goes on, my executive function spoons are going to be pretty much gone, or set things up so they are as easy as possible to do when they need to be done. An example of the latter would be taking part in my art group, the Inebriated Illuminators, which happens every Wednesday on Zoom. Getting back into art for pleasure is important to me, but at the same time, by 5.30 p.m., I'm not going to want to do anything but be a couch potato. I removed as many hurdles as I could for later day me. I chose a project that didn't take a lot of brain power, painting a dice tower. I laid out my tools, paints and brushes, so I wouldn't have to find them later. I set aside a bottle of Modelo Nagira and a piece of lime right in the front of the fridge, something that would feel instantly gratifying and satisfy the inebriated part of the group's intent. The result? I was dead tired by 5.30 p.m., but I grabbed the beer, went down to my workshop, and after an hour had made a lot of progress on my dice tower. That's because I had set things up to get deeply into the zone, allowing my natural inclination to hyperfocus, take me away. Better yet, it meant at the end of the day, I had a clear list of this is what I accomplish, which 
helps alleviate that I didn't get anything done today, my brain is broken, everything is hopeless feeling that often accompanies low executive function days. I disagree with the ADHD is a superpower crowd because I still feel like a fish in the forest most of the time. But there are some cases where it really does come in handy. The rest of the framework. So with that prime directive in place, I made a list of other things that needed to rule a bad brain day. One, rely heavily on timers. My time blindness is going to be worse than usual, so setting timers at the beginning of every new phase will help keep me on track. Two, use lists as the focus. That minimum viable task list needs to be the main thing, but I could add things that I knew I would enjoy or that would be helpful and then just make sure I keep coming back to the list. Three, choose clear tasks with an obvious stop point. I needed to be realistic about the tasks as well. If one of them is plan out the charity gala for September, that's too amorphous. Even start to plan was too broad. I needed to narrow it down to a look, I did the thing level. Something that also might leverage my distractibility. Spend 45 minutes looking at event planning templates for Notion and make a list of five to choose from tomorrow. That's doable, and it makes me feel like I've accomplished something. Number four, most important one. No financial or job or relationship or hobbies that cost money decisions allowed. This is a big one. Part of connecting the dots for my ADHD diagnosis is looking back over my life and seeing the points where my decisions were made from a place of impulse, fear, or desire without much rational examination of the consequences. I have always been prone to it. Now I know why. When I have those urges on a bad brain day, instead of acting on them, they go on the list. That notebook that I carry around. It has questions and ideas written down to be reviewed by future me, who theoretically has a more objective view. That makes present me grumble a bit, but I want it now but it usually avoids actual actions taking place. At least, I purchase fewer online courses. Uh, number six, have a recharge point. This is another part of the list, something that I add on as a non-negotiable, but it's really about making sure I make it through the full day. In this case, it's lunch hour, 12 p.m., eat relaxing lunch, 12.20, Put on headphones, take a 20-minute guided meditation power nap, 12.40, do a 20-minute high-intensity interval training or weight training workout, which has already been picked out on Apple Fitness. Potentially, I'll add a cold shower to the end of that list if I have time. My lunch hours aren't that regimented. The goal is that by the end of that recharge routine, I get to be woken up and ready for my afternoon meetings. And finally gracefully decline as the day goes on. Going back to that original idea of managing expectations, I don't make any evening plans. I tell my partner that all I'm good for is basically shared couch potato time, which she recognizes as also meaning that tonight is not the night for talking about deep relationship stuff or finances. She also knows to expect that I will be a little more absent-minded by the time we're both in the same space perhaps not as attentive or gracious as usual. I am a terribly attentive and gracious person in the best of times. Everybody has a bad day sometimes. Ideally, we all make compassionate allowances for each other when that happens. 
When you have ADHD, you need to make sure that the people in your life, both work and personal, understand that some days are worse than others. It's not a hard concept. Arthritis and allergies have flare-ups that are normalized in societies, and nobody's going to expect you to take the stairs when your sciatica is acting up. That being said, if you're like me, the hardest person to convince will be yourself. Be compassionate. There's no cure for a lack of sleep except sleep. So slow your roll, take pleasure in the little victories, and if you manage to make it through your no-good-terrible-awful-bad-brain day without damaging your status quo, maybe even getting a few steps further towards your hopes and dreams, count it as a major victory. Because a lot of us didn't. And then, go get some sleep. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ADHD Open Space Podcast. Again, my name is Gray Miller. If you have any comments or questions about the show, you can feel free to leave them on the podcast page at adhdos.substack.com forward slash podcast. Or you can email me directly, gray, G-R-A-Y, at adhdopen.space. The background music for the intro and outro are from pixabay.com and are called Funny Days Together by Background Music Lab, used under a YouTube content ID license.